2 Corinthians 12, verses 14 through 18. Uh, real quick reintroduction to our passage. Paul um, is trying to rehabilitate his relationship with these Corinthians. And uh, as our passage opens here, we see that he's planning on coming back in person, but he's not going to accept any money from them. That may seem random if you've not been with us through our previous sermons in 2 Corinthians, but he's been talking about this for a while because the Corinthians were mad at him for not accepting money from them. Uh, in that culture, that was normal. And for Paul to say, no, I don't want your money, was a slap to the face. And it was it felt disrespectful and almost suspicious, like maybe he's up to something. And uh, But he's saying, I'm coming back and I'm still not going to accept money from you. And he's going to give them some reasons why. And what it's going to do for us, because all that might seem irrelevant to you, especially on Mother's Day, but what it's going to do for us is give us three insights into true ministry. And that's going to help us uh, spot counterfeit ministers. But more importantly, it's going to help us embrace true ministry for ourselves. Because as Christians, we are all ministers. You are a minister. If you are trusting in Jesus as your Savior, if that's your basis for your relationship with God, His forgiveness on the cross. And if you're following Jesus as your Lord, if you've repented and abandoned your sinful, self-oriented ways and are living for Jesus now, you are a Christian. And as such, you've been given a ministry. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit and given spiritual gifts in order to minister as part of the body of Christ. And so these are these are insights and principles for you and me to adopt. And it isn't irrelevant to Mother's Day either. Um, Interestingly enough, we had to adjust our course through 2 Corinthians uh, about a week ago, and it changed which passage was going to land on today. And today he mentions parenting. Uh, he uses it as an illustration to make his larger point. And so it actually ends up being pretty fitting for Mother's Day, even though we're really just keeping course through 2 Corinthians. So three insights into ministry, and I'm going to go ahead and throw the first one out there if you're a note-taking type. True ministry is about people, not profit. True ministry is about people, not profit. Let's read verse 14, or at least the first part of verse 14. Here for the third time, I, Paul, am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours, but you. So here for the third time, I'm ready to come to you. So Paul's saying, even though we've got some friction relationally uh, and I wasn't able to come when I said I was going to come, I'm ready to come. I want to come and see you in person. Um, I will not be a burden to you. I'm still not going to accept any money from you for or because I seek not what is yours, but you. That, and that's what I want to highlight specifically here under this point. I seek not what is yours, but you. The false ministers in Corinth were not seeking relationship and they were not seeking to love and serve the Corinthian Christians. They were seeking what was theirs. They were seeking their resources. They were seeking wealth for themselves, but not Paul. He wanted them. He wanted the Corinthians. He wanted relationship with them. He wanted reconciliation with them. That's why he was coming. Uh, that's all, I think, pretty easy to understand as we think about 
ministers, uh, as we think about how to spot counterfeit ministers, um, if they're seeking your money rather than you, they are probably a counterfeit false minister. It makes me think of a pastor, mega church on TV pastor who had this big campaign where he said, I am believing God for 200,000 of you, his listeners and parishioners, to give at least $300, which would have, as many uh, people as that is, that would have been well over $60 million. He said, I am believing God for you to give that generously to this ministry, $60 million, $300 each, in order to buy a Gulfstream jet. Now, this was a minister already living a lavish lifestyle of cars and mansions and everything, but now he wanted this uh, top-of-the-line jet. And so he tried to frame it in terms of uh, biblical terms as best he could, but really what he wanted was $300 from each of these people so that he could have a private jet. Uh, That's a bad sign as we're looking for true ministry and not counterfeit false ministry. If, If I begin really seeking your money, if any minister begins really seeking your money, asking for it all the time in different ways, and that becomes a prominent part of the message, and then getting rich off of it, that's a bad sign. A good sign is when a minister um, pursues relationships with people, especially reconciliation with people. If ministers are willing to do the hard dirty, stressful work of trying to work out difficulties in relationship with people, that's a good sign of true ministry. So that's all, I think, clear. I mean, that's easy for us to see and understand. I think we, we all get that. What I want to emphasize is that this has implications for you as well. So not just the way you're looking at ministers, but the way you look at yourself as a minister. One of the surest signs of maturity that I look for in our church and I think other pastors look for is when people begin to grow out of a what's in it for me mindset when it comes to church and grow into a how can I minister to people mindset. So as baby Christians, immature Christians, I think we kind of naturally, like babies are selfish, self-oriented, we kind of naturally look at the church family and ask, what's in it for me? What what am I going to get out of this program? Maturity is growing from a what's in it for me mindset into a how can I minister to people mindset. Uh, and, I'm, and it is about seeking people. So I, I think maybe another stage of maturity. So let's say baby Christian maturity is what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of uh, being a part of this church? Uh, maybe a Step in maturity is how can I participate in programs and, and be active in the church? But what we really want is a focus on the people of the church and how can I minister to these people? It may involve programs, it may not, but it's a heart orientation to seek the good of the people, my fellow Christians. Um, think of all the Non, non-professional ministers who have sought you during your Christian life. Think back over the course of your, your Christian life. You've had ministers seeking you, hopefully, uh, seeking relationships with you, trying to build you up in Christ as a person, interested in you as a person. 
But I'll bet you've also had a lot of non-vocational ministers, just fellow Christians, take a personal interest in you and seek you as a person. That's what true ministry looks like. And that's what we want to embody and grow into as Christians. Think of all the people that you could seek right now. Uh, Think of your fellow Christians. Get your church directory out and look through. These are people God has given you and put in your sphere of influence that you can seek for the purpose of building them up. When I, and when I say building them up, that's churchy kind of talk. Um, it is biblical language, but what it means is to intentionally try to influence them toward Jesus. So that may, um, may look like just praying for them, that their faith would remain strong, and that they would turn toward God through Jesus in their struggles. It may look like uh, time with them, for the purpose of building a relationship so that you can nudge them toward Jesus and keep them in the faith and uh, teach them what you've been taught and encourage them where they seem discouraged, things like that. Just in whatever practical ways are natural to you as the Holy Spirit empowers you, influencing the people around you toward Christ. And if you're not seeking people in that way, you really have not yet started to be the church together. That's really what being the church together looks like. If you go back to Ephesians chapter 4, I'm not going to read it now, but that is the work of ministry that we've each been called to as Christians. So the first insight into true ministry from our passage, true ministry is about people, not profit. Uh, as Tom tossed in there, actually a quote that I, I, I actually had that in my notes and removed it. I don't remember why, but, uh, Paraphrasing President John Kennedy, ask not what your church can do for you, ask what you can do for your church. That's what maturity as a Christian looks like. And it's really closely linked to the next insight that I want to point out. True ministry is about giving, not receiving. Very similar to this first point, but it it highlights a little bit of a different facet. So let's read the rest of verse 14. Paul writes, Here for the third time, I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours, but you. For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. Now here's a a natural link with Mother's Day here. Paul uses the relationship between parents and young children to help explain what he's talking about. This is how he views ministry like parenting children. And this is a really helpful illustration. Uh, Parents of young children naturally understand that it's their place to pay for everything. Parents of young children pay for the shelter, pay for the clothing, pay for the food, toys, school supplies, medical care. They don't expect the little child to pay for all those things, and they don't want the little child to pay for all those things. It's Mother's Day, and can you imagine a child uh, carefully coloring and drawing a Mother's Day card and giving it to his mom on Mother's Day morning, and the mom opening it up and saying, where's the money? There's no cash in here. After everything that I've done for you, are you not going to give me some money for what I've done for you? That does not happen because mothers understand and embrace and expect to pay for everything. 
They don't want their kids trying to pay for everything. That's why uh, often when parents give their children cards, especially the older they get, there will be some money in it sometimes, but never from children to their parents under any normal circumstance is there just like a $20 bill in the Mother's Day card. Uh, There's a mutually understood expectation of a one-way flow of resources from the parents toward the young children. Uh, and that's that's the way Paul views ministry. That's one of the reasons why uh, he is not going in with these false ministers and trying to get rich off of the Corinthians. He wants it to be the other way around. He wants to impoverish himself in order to make the Corinthians spiritually rich. So in the church, it's good to think in these terms of spiritual family, spiritual mothers and fathers and children. So as you're thinking of the non-vocational ministers who have sought you out. Think of all the spiritual parents God has blessed you with, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, who have related to you in a one-way exchange of resources, whether that be money or time and energy and um, uh, hospitality, whatever it is. Think of all the spiritually mature Christians who have poured into you like a parent pouring into a young child over the course of your Christian life. Just like young children might take their mothers for granted because it's just the way it seems like it's supposed to be, we may have taken some spiritual parents for granted over the course of our Christian lives. So think back over the people who have freely uh, given to you without receiving anything in response uh, response from you and without wanting to receive anything back from you. So get, get that in mind and maybe jot those names down so that you can send them a thank you note and uh, let them know how much it means to you. Now think of all the spiritual children in your life, people that you could give to freely without receiving anything in return, people that you could, um, teach and encourage that way, or people that you could pray for people that you could call up to just check in on, people that you could send a card to, people that you could serve in some way in order to build them up in their faith and allegiance to Jesus Christ. That's what true ministry looks like. And it's not painful and it's not toilsome. You might think that. You might think, okay, as a Christian, if I'm called to be a minister, that means I'm just going to be constantly emptying myself out for other people. I'm not going to be getting anything in return. And if I'm really honest with myself, that sounds miserable. It sounds exhausting. Uh, it sounds toilsome. Well, that brings us to the third and final insight into true ministry. Uh, it's not toilsome. It is glad. It is glad work. True ministers spend gladly. So the first insight, true ministry is about people, not profit. Second insight, true ministry is about giving, not receiving. And the third, true ministers spend gladly. Let's read the rest of the passage, starting at verse 15. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? So again, his, his point is here, I'm loving you this way gladly. It's a joy to me. And you're rejecting me because of it, because I'm not like these false ministers uh, getting rich off of you. 
And he's pointing out the clear logical mistake that they're making. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. So here's a little glimpse into what they were saying. They were saying, uh, okay, Paul didn't accept any compensation from us. He must be up to something. He must be being crafty and he must be trying to deceive us in some way. Verse 17, did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? So Paul's saying, in all my ministry to you, including the ministers I sent to you when I couldn't come, did any of us try to take advantage of you? No, we all came to you with this one directional, giving, generous kind of true ministry. But what I really want to emphasize is at the very beginning, verse 15, it says, I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Um, to spend and be spent is just what it sounds like, is to spend until it's all gone. So whether that's referring to money, which kind of is what Paul has in view, um, or time, or energy, or stuff, Paul says, I gladly invest all this in you, and I, I gladly will invest every bit of it that I have in you for your souls to see you trusting and following in Jesus. That word glad is really the idea of sweetness. He says, this is, it is sweet for me to live this way. I'm not looking for sympathy. I enjoy this. This is a joy to me. Uh, yesterday, our, my family was doing some work and Meredith and the kids had to run to a gas station to get a couple of little supplies. And we were going to get some snacks while we were at it. And I asked them to get me uh, one of those white icing covered honey buns. They're like this big. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about and like these things. It's a honey bun covered in white icing. And they got that for me and I unwrapped it, put it on a plate and I put it in the microwave for 15, 20 seconds. And it was awesome. It Sweet does not even begin to describe how sugary this thing was. And I have a huge sweet tooth and I love sweets like that. But when it's hot out of the microwave and it's practically melting, uh, you eat it with a fork, it is awesome. That's what Paul is saying about this lifestyle of his, of true ministry. He's like, it is sweet. It is glad. I'll, I'll gladly spend and be spent for your souls. I love to do this. It's awesome to do this. Motherhood continues to be a good illustration for what Paul is talking about. So let's go back to the child uh, bringing the Mother's Day card to his or her mother on Mother's Day morning, or even you as an adult, some of you as adult children. Uh, if you sat down and you're going to write that card out for your mother and you got your calculator out and you look back over the years and the expenses and the time that your mom gave for you, uh, let's say you valued her time in serving you at, I don't even know what, um, I don't even know what a good rate would be. Let's say $15 an hour. You, you calculate all the hours that she spent taking care of you from childhood all the way up to whatever, however old you are now. All the uh, expenses on her expense report for clothes and shelter and supplies and food that she purchased for you, vacations, trips. You calculated all that out. 
and wrote a check for that amount and gave it to her for Mother's Day and said, Mom, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. And I just want to uh, make things even and pay you back for it. Do you think that that mother would appreciate that? Now, maybe. I mean, who doesn't like to get a giant chunk of money? But probably not. Because that recasts the whole relationship into of a, a professional, like financial kind of relationship. Moms don't want to be financially compensated for their care for their children. It's a joy for them to care for their children. Uh, it may be hard. It may be stressful. It may be exhausting. There may be uh, low times when you just don't feel like it. But... They want to do it because it makes them glad to see their kids well cared for. That's what Paul is saying. That's how he feels here. He's saying, this is a glad sacrifice for me. I I want it to be this way. That's the way true ministers feel. Now, if you're honest, some of you, as we apply this to ourselves as not apostles, but Christians who are ministers, some of you might say, I really don't feel that way if I'm honest. I feel like I need to guard my money and my time and my energy and my stuff uh, from getting consumed by needy people. Um, oh, Dawn just did the math. Uh, she says that would be, oh my goodness, what is that, over $2 million? Am I reading that right? I think so. Uh, that's a lot of money if you do want to pay your mom back for everything she's done for you. So you might want to stick with the card and not the check. If you as you hear this and as you're embracing your identity as a Christian minister, feel like, I don't know if I am glad to spend and be spent for other people yet. I don't know if I'm that mature yet as a Christian. In one sense, it's okay. Like, I don't want you to feel condemned because there's no condemnation for Christ, uh, for those who are in Christ anymore. In one sense, that's okay because that's what this passage is trying to bring about in you. That's what this passage is trying to bring about in me. Uh, none of us are perfect yet, and the way we grow is by meditating on God's Word and letting it have its transformative effect in us. So right now, God is bringing it about in you and in me. He's transforming us by the renewal of our minds right now. So it's helping us to, step one, identify true versus false ministers. But step two, it's actually helping us become true ministers real time, right now. It is having that effect on us. And I can tell you, scripturally, as well as from personal experience, there's more joy in giving for the souls of others than gaining for ourselves. So if you, during the pandemic, are uh, feeling unhappy and not glad and like there's no sweetness in your life, this is probably a good direction for you to turn. Minister to someone serve someone, give for someone else. It is sweet. You will find it to be sweet. If the Holy Spirit is in you and is stirring any response to this passage, lean into that and you'll find gladness for your soul there. So three insights from 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 14 through 18 into true ministry. True ministry is about people, not profit. True ministry is about giving, not receiving and true ministers spend gladly for the souls of those to whom they're ministering. How should we respond to this? Uh, I've already mentioned it several times. 
But I think a good proper response for us is to first think about those who have truly ministered to us in the ways we just outlined and maybe get in touch with them and thank them and let them know how much it has meant to you and where you're at in your faith and walk with Christ right now. Secondly, think of all of those people in your life that you could truly minister to this week. As a church family, we have built-in relationships with people. This is the arena for us to play this game, this ministry game. So think about your brothers and sisters in Christ. How can you give to them this week? How can you seek them? How can you gladly spend and be spent for them this week? And thirdly, just that, let's spend and be spent in ministry because that's what we're called to do as Christians. 